Welcome to the windy world of the Paradise Paradox. I continue here in Melbourne. Weather remains unpredictable. Oppressive heat one day, chilling to the bone, cold the next, and always windy up in your face. So remember, every day above ground is a good day. We're going to keep on rolling with the positive vibes. Today, my friend Kari asked me, why is the crypto market crashing like this? And I said, short answer, nobody really knows. Long answer, there's a crypto market cycle and nobody really knows. So nobody really knows exactly what causes the dominoes to start to fall, but we know more or less that, that it's coming when it does. Of course, this isn't a perfect system, but this is what I've plotted out thinking about the patterns that I've seen in the market. History doesn't actually repeat in rhyme, so every time this situation comes up, they're actually going to be slightly different. Every time something comes up, it's going to be something new. Every moment is a new moment, so enjoy it <laughs> as it comes up. The first stage, I said, depends where you start, but the first stage is the boring phase, the boring stage, and this normally lasts about three to nine months and there's basically nothing going on during this time that you can see if you're an outsider. So it looks very boring. What's really happening is the developers are sitting at home in the dark basements, plunking away on the keyboards, coming, trying to invent the future in Python and some savvy investors are putting their money in some intelligent people slowly squirreling away their money and, and doing some research. But on the surface, it looks like nothing is happening at all. The media ignores the cryptocurrency space during this time, generally. The only time they get involved is if they can get some kind of hot angle, like maybe they, they hear about some new technology and they can spruik it and say, this is the future. Or they get involved saying, this guy is Satoshi Nakamoto and they have a witch fund, a witch hunt and they ruin some innocent man's life over it. So that's the kind of thing that media can get involved in during that time. But generally, because there's no huge price swings, the price is kind of going sideways, they ignore it. And that's, that's a good thing. It's also a bad thing. Second phase, the organic growth stage. So at this point, it's not just the, the savvy investors or the people who've seen a few cycles. It's actually regular people as well, techies and hobbyists, enthusiasts. They start to get involved and they say, hey, wait on a second. This technology is really interesting. And this is the kind of people that you probably expected in 1985 would own an Apple IIe. Like people who are enthusiastic and nerdy, I guess, but uh, those are, that's where a lot of the growth has come from historically, but in, in the future we'll see that change. Of course, every time this cycle comes around, we see more and more uh, just regular people, normies, to use a disgusting phrase. <laughs> so the price slowly builds during that time, but it's not like sexy price movements that the media can exploit. It's like slow, like a glacier coming like 5% every couple of months or, or something like that. Then we have the third stage, 
which is no longer the organic growth stage, it's the hype growth stage. So something happens, like people start trickling in, maybe a whale emerges from the ocean and lets out a sonorous roar from its blowhole and starts making a lot of noise, pushing the markets up with the water from its blowhole. And that's when the media catches on. They say, ah, what's this? You know, the price has moved 10%, 20% in a week. There's an angle here. There's a story here. We can pump people up, get people excited, get some click bait, motherfuckers. So that's exactly what they do. They start getting people hyped up. More regular people who, who don't really know much about it start coming in. They start getting a little case of that disease called FOMO fear of missing out and they start jumping in left and right first it's just a trickle eventually it's a flood and then you have this vicious cycle or a feedback loop between the media and this new money this green money emotional money if you will so the media hypes it up more people get involved the price moves further and the media keeps hyping it up and that keeps going. Around this time, you start to hear this bubble talk. So, of course, some people accuse it of being bubble, but that's not what, exactly what I'm talking about. What I mean is when people start saying stuff like, this is a new paradigm, or they say stuff like, the dollar is crashing against Bitcoin. It's not, it's not Bitcoin going up in dollar value. It's the dollar crashing against Bitcoin and all kinds of things to let you know that this market is getting a little bit overheated. So they start to say things like this, this market is going to go up forever or something like that. You start to hear this kind of glib logic. So I'm, I've been guilty of this as well. Basically, if an argument can be summed up in one premise and one conclusion, it's probably not a good idea to base your investment or speculation on that. So I remember around 2013, I was looking at Bitcoin and Litecoin and I said, well, look at this. Litecoin, Litecoin has four times the supply of Bitcoin. That means that its price should be one quarter of Bitcoin. No, it doesn't mean that at all. That was, uh, that was completely false. Well, not completely. And there's the, that's the danger. Or people say stuff like, oh, well, Bitcoin has a limited supply. That means it can only go up in the long term. No, no, no. No, it doesn't. There's two sides to that equation, supply and demand. So you have to calculate both, project both, if you want to know what's really going on. Or they just have these like straight up predictions. No technical analysis. No fundamentals. They just tell you, Listen, Ether is going to be at 4500 on the 17th of March 2019 or something like that. No argument behind it. Just a straight prediction. Just an old, big old crystal ball dumped on your gonads. Probably not a reliable source of information. A little knowledge can be a dangerous thing. That's why... You want to study hard. Get, put down your, put down your head, get your head down, dig deep, 
into the books, learn about the technology, and that way you won't have to be succumbing yourself to one premise, one conclusion, weak ass arguments, glib logic. That's not for you, my friend. For you, something else. A detailed, nuanced understanding. That is something beautiful. Then, we have number four, the dead stage, or you might call it the crash, the crash phase. What happens? Maybe a whale gets out of line, he decides to take too much profits at one time, and then suddenly people look and stop, you see the eyes go back and forth, and nobody knows who's going to hit the sell button first, but somebody does, and eventually the, the price is, is falling like 10% in a day, 20% in a day. Suddenly it's like a stack of dominoes and it's just falling on down. All of that emotional money that got in based on emotions, you get in based on the fear of missing out, you're probably going to leave based on the fear of loss. And that's predictably what happens. And I think, I was thinking earlier, this is important. This is important enough that when my, in the future when I have children and they start asking me questions about money, I'm definitely going to take the time to teach them about this kind of mass psychology because this is really important. This is, this is the kind of thing that separates the, the weak investors from the, from the strong ones in the long term. So you don't want to build your house on sand. You want to build your house on the rocks. You don't want to build your investment decisions based on whims, based on emotions in the moment and hype. You want to base it, well, one way to do it is base it on your idea of what a better future might look out look like. Put your money in alignment with your idea, your vision of what the future is going to look like in a a better world. That way when people start to sell or you hear the hype, you won't be moved. Well, you'll be moved on the surface, but you won't necessarily be moved at your base because you're standing on solid ground. And when others tumble, you will stand tall and you probably even have the presence of mind to buy when the market is crashing. So, to sum up, now we're going into tough times. We're going, probably, going from that dead stage into the boring stage. Or I call it the dead stage because that's when the media is going to declare Bitcoin and crypto dead. Now, A lot of you are probably feeling a little uncomfortable about this because you're saying, oh, maybe maybe you bought in a Bitcoin at 10,000, 12,000, or you bought in a Dash at 1,000 or something like this, and you're not sure of the future. And maybe you're worried about the money you have on the line. At this time, I I give you this little piece of advice. One thing you can do, uh, which is very good for managing your emotions, Do something for others. 
and maybe it's even something for a stranger. Maybe you'll go and buy a stranger a meal. And when you see the gratitude in their eyes, you're going to know that things aren't so bad, that you do have the power to make a better world in that moment. And that's why a lot of us got into this kind of thing. That's why we've gone into crypto, because we imagined a better world. Every day, we have the opportunity to make the world a little better. And when you affirm your own power, your own abundance, that's a beautiful thing. Finally, during these three to nine months of boring phase, it's a great opportunity to accumulate. As I've said before, bears repeating. Don't follow the media, follow what's in your heart. Know what you want. Be clear, be precise, be decisive. When someone asks you, why are you buying this coin? You want to be able to give them like a five minute presentation of why it's solid, why you expect it to increase in value over the future, or why you expect it to offer value to the world that you're living in. As I said before, these phases aren't exact. History rhymes, but it doesn't repeat. So you're going to have to stay alert if you want to apply these patterns that I mentioned. You're going to have to see how they change subtly over time. Know the limits of your own knowledge. A wise man once said, to know the limits of your own knowledge is the beginning of wisdom. You're going to see a lot of people out there who are making these bold declarations and they seem very certain telling you that X coin is going to be Y price on Z date. That's not necessarily true and you don't really want to follow those people or, or be those people. You want to be a little more uncertain because that's what wise people are because wise people know that the world can always surprise them. Someone once said that the problem with this world is that fools are so certain and the wise are so full of doubts. Actually, I don't think that is a problem with the world at all. I think that's great because it demonstrates that there's still a little bit of chaos in this world and that means there's still mystery and that means there is still potential. So, <laughs> delight in the mystery, gaze into the wonder, <laughs> and you'll find your reward. So I'll leave you with this, this blessing. May you always be uncertain and decisive. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for paying attention to the Paradise Paradox. Remember, you can go on Steemit www.steamit.com slash at paradise dash paradox and at chudzu c-h-u-r-d-t-z-u as well and you can follow me on there that's that's me chudzu on uh, on steamit and the paradise paradise paradox the site the paradise paradox.com you can follow us on youtube as well and on facebook search for us on there on itunes on your favorite podcasting app the reason I mentioned Steemit particularly is because it's it can be a really cool way for you to make money. So if you don't have a lot of money to invest in crypto, 
can be cool to go on Steam it, make an account and start posting videos or memes on D-Mania and songs even, blogs, more or less anything that you can fit in a digital form. You can post on there and monetize it. And I introduced a, a buddy of mine to it the other day and it's already on there earn, earning a few dollars, which can be great in these uncertain times. Some people are doing it tough and this is a great way to get them introduced into the new economy. Besides that, Steemit is just really cool because basically you hardly ever see a negative comment or a troll comment. So you know you know that you know YouTube is just, can be the cesspool of humanity. For some reason people feel like showing the worst side there. On Steemit people know that when they comment it affects their reputation and they can earn money from their comments. So go on Steemit, have a look, and I think you'll be delighted by the level of positivity, respect, and support that you receive on there. Artist love. Artist love is all over the place on Steemit, so have a look. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. Signing off. Saludos desde Melbourne.